welcome once again to the Irish in Sweden podcast, lads and ladies, from way up the north to Malmö and Trelleborg down in the south. This is the podcast for the Irish community in Sweden, and indeed the Swedish community in Ireland, and anybody who feels part of our little Swedish-Irish community wherever they are in the world. My name is Philip O'Connor, and I'm coming to you not from my little studio in Stockholm, but from my couch out in Sheast on the north side of town, lads, I'm going to have to stop recording the podcast intros and outros and links that kind of thing on a Sunday night because I am worn out. Uh, it's been a hell of a weekend altogether in terms of the Irish community and in terms of work and all those things. As many of you will, as many of you will know, I work a lot with sports, so obviously there's a lot of sport on at the weekend. And this weekend. We had a fairly big gig that was on last night. The Mary Wallopers played in Stockholm. And that's kind of why the whole podcast was late. and uh, Or recording this part of it certainly was late. And it's not going to be the podcast that I expected. Because I had hoped to bring you a podcast based around the gig. It was the, the first gig for the Mary Wallopers uh, in, Swe- in Sweden, as far as I know. And I tried to set up an interview with the band. And it just didn't happen. You know, The logistics didn't work out. And they headed off to Copenhagen straight after the gig. And we were trying to get something together on Zoom or on the phone today. And that didn't happen so we ended up having to put together a totally different podcast but you know what I am loyal to my lovely listeners so I pulled me thumb out of my backside and I managed to get you a great podcast despite everything going against me this weekend it's been a tough old week lads it's been very very busy but uh, it's been fun all the same and it was great to see so many people down there at Bar Brooklyn in Stockholm last night to see the Mary Wallopers. For those who don't know, uh, they're a band from Dundalk uh, up towards the border there and they sort of shot to fame, if you like, uh, many years ago. First as a sort of rap act and then they uh, they moved over into the sort of folk music territory and they've really made a niche for themselves or they really did make a niche for themselves during the pandemic where they did uh, just basically gigs from home, stay at home with the Mary Wallopers and they were very sort of enjoyable. They were, you know, rooting out um, not just folk songs, but folk songs that hadn't really got a decent hearing in a good while. And they keep doing that. They keep digging up old gems now that you wouldn't be hearing uh, as often. You know, the, uh, Even if you go and listen to Brian O'Connor or listen to anybody playing in the Irish pubs, they're just playing the kind of songs that the Dubliners used to play and that kind of thing that don't get heard all that often. And there's some brilliant tunes in there, uh, one of which they played the other night. It's uh, a song by the Pecker Dunn, who's a great banjo player and singer and guitar player and songwriter and everything, a travelling man. And he has a lovely song called Wexford, and uh, they do a brilliant version of that. There's a video out there on YouTube as well. But as I say, we didn't manage to get them on the podcast. I will text the lads now uh, and see if I can get them on just to talk about playing the gig in Stockholm because I know I spoke to you a lot of a lot of you at the gig last night, and you really enjoyed it. I know you were really looking forward to it, and I hate to let you down, but it is what it is, as the saying goes. With the best will in the world, sometimes these things don't really work out, so we ended up having to do something totally different instead. Uh, this week, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to be heading off down to Gothenburg. I'll be down there probably late Wednesday night, and I'm going to be there on Thursday and Friday. So I've had a chat with a few people, one of whom you'll be hearing actually uh, on the podcast today. Anthony Morrissey will be on uh, in in his guise as a board member of the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden. He's going to be telling us about the upcoming gala dinner, which is on the 2nd of December. And, and an awful lot of people, when you mention the Chamber of Commerce or business or that kind of thing, they switch off. And they're, you know, a whole different brand of people when they hear 
mentioned sport, they switch off, right? Listen to this one, lads, because it's not only for the people who work for Enterprise Ireland or the people who own big companies or who are talking to angel investors or, you know, who are involved in startups and that kind of thing. What Anthony has to say is actually very interesting because the Chamber of Commerce, commerce is all around us and, you know, it could be the fact that you might be looking for a job or you're looking to change career or anything else like that. So we get into a load of those things and the gala dinner that they're going to have last year now, unfortunately, I think I was in America or no, I was in, um, I was at the World Cup in uh, in Doha in Qatar when the event took place and Mark Little, uh, formerly of RTE, a man who's uh, created and sold two brilliant companies, Storyful was one of them. Uh, he was over giving the keynote speech and I believe it was absolutely brilliant uh, I will at some point try to involve myself because uh, the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden have been very helpful in, in financing this podcast in the past so I will try to shoehorn myself in there either by making a podcast about the event or maybe even doing a live podcast on the day of the event but I'll talk to Ant and I'll talk to the board about that but uh, certainly worth listen to what he has to say I'll tell you what so why don't we just bring you the interview with Ant now and he can tell you all those things himself and there's another thing coming at the end of it right so this is a little bit of a two-parter today. There's two interviews. One is with Aunt Morrissey coming up right now. And uh, then we'll be back with a little bit of entertainment news about a couple of things that are happening now for the winter that are going to be very interesting indeed, especially if you're fans of comedy and songwriting, right? So let's have a listen to Aunt first, and then we'll get into the other good entertainment stuff. How about that, eh? The legendary Anthony Morrissey is back on the podcast because the other day I saw on Instagram Ant that an organization that you were involved in, the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden, has decided the date for its gala dinner. It's gala day, if you will. Could you just explain a little bit about what you're going to be doing in Stockholm in early December? Yeah, thanks very much for getting me back on. Um, yeah, look, I'm I'm proud to be a board member of the Irish Chamber of Commerce uh, in Sweden. It's it's an honour that I was getting asked to be involved, and it's something that I take very seriously, trying to grow the community, both just business wise, but also around all of Sweden, not just focus on particular specific areas. But within that, the Irish Chamber of Commerce, we look at the Beacon Award realistically on the second of December. Um, and it's it's a prestigious award that we've ran the last three or four years, and we're now going to the Elite Hotel. Uh, just there in Stockholm on the water that will allow us just to have that experience on the 2nd of December and, and give us that that kind of oomph that we would like to do. And, and again, previously, we would have just done the gala dinner at the night time and present the Beacon Award. But this year, we're changing it up a little bit. We're going to have an afternoon event as well. So the overall feeling around around the day is going to be all Irish, but also not just looking at the at the diddly eye part and the old school part, but looking at the future of Irish people community-wise in Sweden and across Scandinavia. So it's, it's something that I'm, I'm delighted to be involved with and looking forward to it. And who is that open to, Ant? If I'm an Irish business person or if I'm somebody who's interested in doing business with, with Ireland, can I buy a ticket or is it only for the members of the chamber on the day? No, you can, anyone can buy a ticket. Um, it's not just open to Irish people as well. We 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 recommend Swedes to get involved as well. People who would like to either know more about the Irish community or also just would like to link in with the Irish community. And uh, so it's open to, to pretty much everywhere. You can go onto our website, um, Irish Chamber. Uh, they'll be able to sort that out for you pretty quickly. But the whole thing about for me is that it's open to anybody that would like to get involved. And we're we're not just just for our members. We're not just connected, just link into us. We want to grow our membership and we want people to come along to the gala and see what we're about, see what we do um, and then get involved that way. 
Mm. There was a mention there uh, of a networking event there in the afternoon, and I think that's probably something that a lot of people in the business uh, community would find very valuable. What sort of format is that going to take? Have you decided what the details are there? And the other thing I wanted to ask you as well is, uh, last year, I think the keynote speaker was Mark Little. Are there any plans for a similar thing this year? Yeah, so looking at the network event, first of all, so the network event is going to be take place roughly between one o'clock and three o'clock or two to four. We're just deciding on the on the time and it's very much relaxed. So it's again, it's in the same hotel, same venue. And you and we're going to set up a little kind of post outside in the room. So we've got a set design room, but it's again more like a fika than a than a than a, than a networking event. It's very calm, very relaxed. People can go and, and introduce their products and introduce who they are. We haven't gone to the actual details of what we're connected into yet. So I'm not at liberty to say exactly what. We're going to be doing that way, but it's I can promise you there's a lot of Irish companies that are involved, a lot of individuals who will be involved in there, and there'll be opportunities for them to promote themselves, promote their products, and also show exactly what the Irish Chamber can do networking-wise for them. And um, when it comes to the evening, you asked about, about the keynote speaker. Yeah, we're in the middle of doing keynote speaker confirmation. We're very close to being able to being announced who it is. Um, but I just want to wait till they that get, get gets done so I don't rob anyone's thunder. But the whole thing about the event this year is the keynote speaker is a valuable and most important, very, very important part of the event, as is the Beacon Award. But what we want in the chamber is for people to come in on minute one and get blown away by the venue, uh, because I was and I walked in the door there first. I'm blown away by what we're going to do on the night. So the use of colour, the use of imagery, the use of a linking connection back to Ireland and very much a look at the new age Ireland now, uh, because a lot what I've noticed coming to Sweden in the last 18 months as I've seen so many Irish people who are high up in their in their roles have done very successful have been very powerful in their roles and they their confidence is insane and the confidence of the youth coming over into universities whether that be in Stockholm Gothenburg Malmo wherever the Irish are coming over are wanted people um, and that's the real positive that we want to show in the Irish Chamber that you get involved. There's a network there for you to ask questions. There's a group that will try and help you grow as well. And I think that's really important for, for anyone coming along to the event. Mm. But what you're saying there, um, it's one of those things that's of, of very much of interest to the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden. We've spoken before about mentoring and that kind of thing. This is not just an event for elders with grey beards like myself or fellows who've been in business for a long time like your good self. This is also something for young people, for people who are over here studying, for people who are in the sciences, for people who are working with research and for, you know, for people who are looking for different jobs or maybe to change, you know, careers or that kind of thing. So they're also welcome to come along, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much anyone's allowed to come along because... We're very proud that we've got some very, very good sponsors of the event. And we've got a headline sponsor of Jones Engineering, but we've got very, very fantastic companies who are involved with the event as well. And they want to get involved because they want to get talking to people who are over here who are going to work, either work with them or work in connection with them. And the the fact that we have that link allows people that work, when they're coming over, we will advise any of our academy, mem academy uh, members or anybody that's connected or wants to get connected with the Irish Chamber to really think about it when they walk in the door. What is it I'm trying to come here for? It isn't just, as you say, grey beard lads who are going to have a couple of beers and enjoy themselves and, and sing diddly oido songs. It's complete opposite. Uh, the, the board is made up of young, young people who are enthusiastic about what they want to do and what they want to achieve within their membership, or within their board time. And also, they've got so many new ideas that we want to bring to the party to try and help people in 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 Sweden, but also across into Scandinavia to grow through the Irish Chamber. Because the days I think of having a old boys club um, or having just a group of, as you say, grey-haired old men who sit in the corner and talk about the good old days, they're gone. That's not the Irish abroad anymore. 
the Irish abroad is someone who is enthusiastic about what they want to do. They want to grow their business and they want to use what's great about Ireland and bring it and in, incorporate that into what's great about Sweden and merge those two things together. And we at the Irish Chamber are very, very adamant on trying to help people do that. One of the things I've been telling loads of people about you, both on this podcast and when I've been meeting them, I was talking to Hannah Fraser from Enterprise Ireland the other day and telling her how great you were. How is business going for you? Tell people about the consultancy business that you've set up and just how it's been going for you. Yeah, the last two weeks have been damn crazy. First of all, thanks very much for your for your very kind words. I heard the other day I blushed, which is not something I usually do. Um, it was very, very kind of you. Look, the, the consultancy work, AM, AMSC or AM Sports Consultancy is what I'm looking to what I've set up here in Sweden. And the, the best thing I could say to it is, is a lot of talk back towards the Irish community because that's where my, my network would be, but also having really, really good conversations with really, really impressive companies over here in Sweden. I'm contracted into a company called Force of Football out of Gothenburg, which is a, which is a fantastic football app, which anybody wants to get involved with. Uh, I'm also de- working with a couple of other companies in Sweden, and then I'm dealing with some some really, really very, very good sports clubs back in back in Ireland and Neptune Basketball and a couple of other ones, hopefully getting over the line soon. And I've set up to try and promote myself and market myself because I haven't got a lot of money. I've set up a podcast series or a vlog series, which you were very, very kind yourself to jump on uh, one of the days. And I've done some really, really cool interviews on that. I mean, some of the ones that are coming up, we we, we dropped your one, but we also dropped one with CEO of Badminton Ireland and the Lynch uh, and then Matt Cooper, who would be a very, very well-known TV personality back in Ireland. We got Matt talking about the the joys he had with his father back in Sunday as well, back when he was young for learn. I think that's the important part of the vlog. It's, it's not about this detailed information. You have that as well, but it's a chat and it's about conversations with other people. Because the reason I say that is when you talk to business to people, it's really interesting that when you flip that to their sport of choice, you see it in their eyes, and I'm sure you'll know this completely in, in your line of work. You see it in their eyes change, how they love and their passion for sport and the joy they have for it. And AMSC is built around that. Uh, the company itself is built around finding that passion for people involved in sport and then activating that, whether you're a club, whether you're a federation or whether you're a brand, trying to, try to tap into that to make as much commercial revenue for it as possible. But the, the podcast series, I'm loving it. I've got some really cool ones coming up, man. I really do. I, I can't wait for people to hear the Billy Holland one. Uh, Billy Holland would be a, an ex-Monster player, but would have had tragedy in his life. But he was fascinating how he spoke about what he took out of his professional rugby career and then moved that into work life and how he had to adapt it and how he did adapt it. It was fascinating to hear how he did that. I've other some other really cool ones coming up as well. I had the CEO of, of Hurricanes Rugby down in down in New Zealand, the guy called Avram Lee. We've got the um, ex-Munster head coach, Johan Van Gran, who's at Bath Rugby. I know a couple of people, media people in Ireland would be interested to see that conversation. Um, and I've got a couple of other, other pretty big name guys like CJ Stander and Rugby World Cup and his feeling of moving to Ireland and what it was like to move abroad. And, and then also I've got Jackie Hurley who would be connected obviously with the with the Sunday game and stuff like that. So there's a lot of different elements within it that, that I'm delighted to be able to talk to these people because they're just a fascinating listen. Jackie was one of the few people who was in the venue when Kelly Harrington won the gold medal for Ireland in the, uh, the Tokyo Olympics and the reason I know that is because I was there myself and we're just everybody was so at these things you're so excited and you're doing all these things like you know you don't actually have a chance to share that with anybody you know which is kind of a shame at the time but she had to run off and do her live broadcast Jackie's lovely altogether they are fascinating conversations and thank you very much for asking me to take part in it because like you say we talked about more about sport and the love of sport and kind of what we have to do to harness the power of that then 
brand. And then at the very end of it is where, you know, you tend to talk about business with people and say, okay, what are the commercial realities of this? And anybody out there who is listening to this, and especially the people who've invested a lot of money in sponsoring the likes of Yavla GEA or the Stockholm Gales, there's an awful lot in there to make sure that A, the sports are thriving, but B, that you're also getting sort of, you know, value for money and that kind of thing. Are you working outside of that as well, Ant? Are you taking on sort of other projects for Irish companies? Because no doubt through the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden, you're meeting people who are saying, okay, can you help me with this? What do you think of that? Because, you know, there's many strings to your bow after all your years at Munster Rugby and coming up with ideas for them. Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is I'm open to conversations with anyone about how they grow their brand. Sport is my love, sport is my passion, but there's also ways that you can harness that love and passion in sport and twist that into a, a business concept. And what I mean by that is my dream was always to play rugby for Munster. However, being five foot three, not very, not very good at the game, I never really got a chance to do that. So what I did instead is I was able to help brands grow through Munster rugby. But the concepts are still the same. The passion is still the same when it comes to business, because what you need to remember is what does your customer want so using your yelva gaa conversation somebody that's sponsoring that the worst case scenario for yelva gaa would be if their their board say we need ten thousand kroners or a hundred thousand kroners to survive this year you've got three months to get it that's the worst attitude to have when it comes to commercialization of any product trying to get any sponsor in or any commercial entity because what you need to do is you need to create first of all what makes you unique and whether that's a business unique or whether that's a, that's a club unique, whether that's a podcast, in your case, unique, what makes you unique? And then tap into that with your market. So why would somebody want to listen to your comments on Twitter? Why would somebody want to listen to your comments on Facebook? Find the uniqueness in that. And then you go on from there. And I think a lot of sponsors of clubs feel very disenfranchised because they feel, oh, they, we threw the money at them and they didn't hear of them again until next year when they were looking for more money. What you need to do is you need to make sure you're harnessing that relationship whereby it's, okay, what's the little bits we can do to make this as 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 positive an experience as they possibly can? It's amazing because of all the people that we've spoken to, you know, Dave Handy and Carlstein talking about rugby and we've talked with Colin O'Callaghan about running and talked with yourself about Neptune basketball. And it is because it's not just Irish organisations or expat organisations. So we're all involved in soccer clubs and handball clubs and everything else like that. Uh, Anthony, I will be down your direction next week in Gothenburg, so we'll be having another feek now on Thursday or Friday next week, but for now, thanks so much for coming on the Irish and Sweden podcast, for telling us about the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden, the 2nd of December, what, what's, is it the Elite Hotel Marina, is that where we're the heading? The Elite Hotel Marina, just there, lovely on the on the river there, so when you get you can get a boat across from, from Stockholm and you can experience the coldness of the 2nd of December and come right across into the marina, it's beautiful. Well, there'll be no mosquitoes at any rate, I look forward to seeing you there, my friend. <laughs> Brilliant stuff, Philip, thanks so much for your time as always. There he is, AMSC, Anthony Morrissey Sport Consulting. And you know what, lads? One of these days we'll have to have a chat with him and seeing if it's not worth throwing him a few bob and seeing if we might give him a commission and say, right, we're all the Gaelic football clubs in the Nordics, right? Go off and raise us a whole heap of money or come back to us with a plan and we'll give you X percent of it because I think having somebody with a, a great strategic mind the way Anthony has might be uh, somebody who's definitely worth having on the journey. Yeah, so visit the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden. Have a bit of a Google on them. See if you can find them there on LinkedIn or on social media you'll find them on instagram as well and you'll also find them of course you'll find them on linkedin there so uh, dig them up there and find out the details of that event and we shall see you there i'm sure there's going to be plenty of great discussions going on there uh, as i mentioned a little bit earlier on right entertainment is a thing this time of the year lads the, the summer holidays you may as well forget them right loads of people out to see the mighty wallopers and we're going to do our best to bring in news of gigs and interviews with people who are playing over here and that kind of thing 
Uh, but there's a couple of things I wanted to bring to your attention. One is the fact that the wonderful people at Veerstrom's Pub are still continue to sponsor this podcast. And they are doing an open mic night every Tuesday from 7 o'clock until 10 o'clock, right? With preference given to people doing original compositions. Now, it could be comedy. I'm thinking there's probably going to be a lot of songwriters in there and that kind of thing. And it might be a, a nice little avenue. If you've been sitting at home creating something and you want to do something creative and you want to get an audience for it and get feedback, on it and try it out for an audience that might be the place to go so get yourself down there to martin hessian and the boys and the girls in veerstrom's pub it's probably down in the basement there um every tuesday as i say from seven o'clock until ten o'clock so give that a go during the winter if you're feeling creative and you want to find your little audience if you want to support the podcast the way that martin and the the staff at veerstrom's pub support the podcast you could consider going to patreon.com forward slash our man in stockholm and throwing in a fiver a month i'd really appreciate it if you did that because i'm trying to grow this to the point now where you know ultimately my business plan is to do these things for you and also to do the global gale podcast for the Irish uh, around the world, right? 70 million of us there are around the globe. And it only requires a tiny fraction of those people to pay a five a month for these podcasts. And I can do this pretty much full time. And I can help in terms of promoting businesses and promoting the arts and promoting our sports. Uh, and it just it helps me to be able to do that and to focus my entire intention on, uh, attention on that. And I'd love to be able to travel and to do events and that kind of thing. But, you know, in order to be able to do that, we have to have enough supporters in there. So uh, tell your friends, start doing it yourself. And if you can't support that's fine right if you can't support it financially that's grand as i say none of this will ever be behind a paywall because i remember what it was like to be in greece in 1991 the first time i lived away from home and when i moved to sweden in 1999 i didn't have uh, any money myself so that's grand these things will always be out there but if you are one of the contributors think that you're contributing so that everybody else can continue to listen to it for free right if you have swish on your phone pull it up out of your pocket now one two three two four two four one six six one two three two four two four one six six and that using that swish number rather than my phone number goes directly into the business accounting system and the vat is paid and all the taxes are paid and the great julia at um, nbc business my business controller looks after all those things for me and she look after all the taxes and we're home free we won't be in trouble with scat the market and sure who wants to be in trouble with them Anyway, we mentioned there Veerstrom's Pub and they're doing the open mic thing. But another thing that's happening a little bit further down the street there in Gamlastan is that the Liffey Pub is starting to do the Stockholm Improv in English. Improv comedy, lads and ladies, for those of you who've never seen it or never heard of it, right, it's absolutely tremendous crack. I stumbled upon it many, many, many years ago at the International Bar in Dublin, where the Dublin Improv used to be on on a Monday night. And I still hold it in high regard as one of the absolute best improv nights anywhere in the world. And if I arrive in somewhere, in some bizarre town, like, you know, if I arrive somewhere in America or in Los Angeles or in Canada, I just go and I find these things to go and see because it's a fascinating art form. It's basically comedy that is made up on the spot right you'll have a bunch of very talented performers usually very skilled performers and often very experienced performers and they'll show up and they'll get suggestions from the audience and they have various sketch formats and you get to fill in the blanks you don't have to be part of the show uh you just make the suggestions and then they go off and make up funny stuff about it and when it's good it's absolutely brilliant and when it's bad it's even funnier right so that's happening and i noticed when i saw it on facebook that one of the people who was involved in it is a guy from san francisco an american chap called Josh Len. I know Josh as an actor. I worked with him many years ago in a BBC Radio 4 production uh, called The Most Wanted Man in Sweden. 
Uh, I was working as a as sort of a fixer slash ground producer for that, and I helped him out. And that was how I got to know Josh. And Josh is, and he hates me saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway, and you'll hear it in the conversation. He is the godfather of English language improv a comedy in Sweden, right? Didn't really exist until Josh got on board and started to do it. So do you know what I did there? When I was struggling to get the Mary Wallopers onto the podcast at all, it was looking like it wasn't happening. Event, I tapped them up because they're starting this Wednesday in the Liffey in Gamla Stan. So I said, I better tap him up there and see what we can get out of Josh and here he is now to explain the whole concept of improv comedy what it's like what the scene is like here in Sweden and how you go about getting involved in doing it yourself if that's your thing it takes an awful lot of courage but it's certainly well worth doing so here he is Josh Lern on the upcoming Stockholm Improv Comedy Club which is starting from this Wednesday the 20th of September right here in the Liffey in Gamlestan in Stockholm Josh Len, what a pleasure to have you on the Irish and Sweden podcast, my friend. I think the last time we were doing something together was when the BBC were over here with the great Danny Robbins back in the day doing uh, various dramas and sitcoms and that. But right now we're going to talk about improv comedy because there's a new club or a new-ish club starting up in the Liffey Irish Bar. Can we just start with what is improv comedy, Josh? Uh, improv is essentially theatre without a script, Phil. So everything happens in the moment. And, um, you know, we often collaborate with the audience to get a suggestion and make stories about it, skits about it. Uh, and oftentimes they are funny uh, and um, and sometimes even more. Sometimes they'll even touch your heart a little bit. That's what um, we strive for. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always struck me, Josh, as one of the scariest art forms to, to participate in or to try to execute. You know, as somebody who's done this before, what's it like when you're sort of sitting on the side of the stage there before a show? Because like you say, there's no script. You've no idea what somebody <laughs> eats, what suggestion you're going to get or that kind of thing. Is it scary to do or do you just enjoy it and embrace it? Um, it, it is absolutely scary to do. Uh, you know, I mean, I've been doing it for years and years, and sometimes I still get super freaked out before shows. And then sometimes I'm more loose and kind of ready for it. Uh, but once you get up there, once you make the leap and you get your feet on the stage, it feels amazing. And it's something that I really recommend to everyone to do just for a, for life, you know, just to experience it. But yeah, it's definitely scary. And I think from the outside, it must be terrifying if you've never tried it before. Uh, but once you kind of get your feet wet, then it gets it gets more and more fun. It's like a drug. It becomes addicting because uh, you feel so alive in the moment when you're when you're actually performing. It really is. It's like there's no safety net or that kind of thing, you know. Um, no. when you when you look at it as comedy, because you know, if we look at the great comedians now, you know, the great American comedians or Swedish comedians for that, an awful lot of things are very carefully scripted and they're mm-hmm. right on the beat and you wait for the laugh and that kind of thing. And um, how difficult is it to be good at improv? Because you gotta be funny, but you also have to be able to make things up pretty much perfectly on the spot, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, Phil. It is definitely a difficult art form, and it takes like years and years of practice, just as it is to be a great stand-up comedian. It takes years and years of sucking and trying things out and and learning how to do it better. And uh, but I think the difference with improv uh, compared to something like stand-up is some of the most wonderful moments come from 
the biggest failures and the things that go wrong. And it's like, how do you use these failures to make them glorious? Uh, so we work a lot with failing gloriously and using failure to our advantage. So it's not always about being hitting the perfect thing at the perfect time. Although when that happens, it's nice. Um, but it's it's also, you know, it's much more wild. And it's like uh, learning how to use the spontaneity of the moment uh, to really make entertaining comedy and stories. Now, the club that's going to be at the Liffey, um, this is, you know, it's going to be every Wednesday night. Is, is it every Wednesday or is it every... It's every Wednesday. This club's actually been going on for a few years, and it's just really uh, been gaining a lot of momentum in the last year. And I think this year is going to be even better. It's every Wednesday, 7 to 9. Uh, the setup of the night is essentially uh, a mix of different styles. There's usually three groups that perform. Uh, two groups in the first act, and then one group that kind of headlines a longer act in the second act. And you usually get to see a mix of different experience levels. Uh, like the the opener will be a group that's maybe been doing improv for a few years. Uh, so they're more kind of like not necessarily rookie, but like, you know, gaining experience, learning the ropes. Uh, and then you'll get more experienced group. And then sometimes a very experienced group uh, will perform. And oftentimes various different styles so that's really what's fun about it too is you'll see a real diversity in improv styles and improv kind of um, beliefs you know there's different kind of ways of doing things that come out of different theaters around the world uh, so you'll see some real kind of chicago style ucb uh, find the funny lots of you know making people laugh uh, my group we really focus on storytelling uh, trying to really um, go all in on relationships and characters and build narratives that not only make you laugh, but also move you. That's kind of our goal. Uh, so you'll see a variety of different things if you come any Wednesday. Um, all, all of this is in the English language, which will come as you know a great bonus uh, to the people who are listening to this podcast, because you know we have English stand-up comedy or English language stand-up comedy here. What's it like for you? Because you've been in Sweden a long time. You're a very talented actor, voice actor, comedian. Uh, what's it like for you? How do you find Swedish audiences or the audiences in Sweden that are sometimes made up of expats or Swedes themselves? How are they to perform to? Oh, I'm glad you asked that because it can be very different if it's an all Swedish audience or if it's an audience with people, you know, kind of from around the world. And um, I think, you know, typically the audiences in Sweden can be a bit polite, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> um, but that's really where I think the uh, the host and, you know, if we get a lot of internationals, it can get quite rowdy. Um, we can get people to open up a lot because we often dig into the audience. Sometimes we get personal with the audience and, um, you know, improv brings out a lot of energy, a lot of joy, and the audience gets to contribute. So it's a very kind of loving environment as opposed to a stand-up show where you might get heckled and you're like, uh-oh, this might get a bit contentious between the, the audience but, you know, with improv, we just try and love the audience so we can get a lot of participation. So it's it's usually it's usually quite warm in the room, a good warm feeling and a very welcoming feeling. And I think a lot of people get freaked out because they're like, oh, my God, improv. Am I going to need to go on stage? 
And I just want to let everyone know there's no chance you will be asked to come on stage. In uh, fact, we absolutely forbid it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Phil. We do not want you on stage at any cost. <laughs> Having said that, though, Josh, because, you know, there's a lot of Irish people listening to this here and they're always going, hey, I'm funny. I'm funnier than that guy. Right. If you want to get into to stand up comedy or mm. to improv comedy, mm. uh, how does one go about it? Right. It's especially in a, in a city like Stockholm, where we don't have the networks, maybe that you would have back in the States or that I would have back in Dublin. I know where the clubs are. I know where to find the guy to go do these things. You know, how did you get into doing these things? Well, I actually was doing improv in San Francisco before I moved here. And when I moved here, I went and found an improv festival that was happening here like three months after I moved. This was back in 2008 uh, and at a theater that doesn't exist anymore. And the uh, I did a few workshops and the artistic director said, hey, Josh, do you want to teach class here? And I and I had actually never taught. I had just been an actor and a student, and you know, and I said, yes. Right. In the spirit of improv, I was like, yes. Uh, and I started teaching class and there was no improv in English and, uh, and at that time. And then I built it up to two classes. And then all of a sudden I started producing shows in English. And then I had this show Lost in Translation that really took off uh, into the um, international improv world here in Sweden. And then uh, my colleague Katarina and I in 2014 started International Theatre Stockholm in all English speaking improv theater. And we actually had like 100 plus students every semester. We, we built it up, but we closed our school uh, right before COVID, which was a blessing. Um, but uh, the good news is, is so many people got into improv in the uh, international community that lots of improv theaters are teaching classes in English. And, um, and that is available uh, you know, throughout Stockholm for people to try improv. And I would say if you're interested to look, you know, just uh, there's a few, there's a few. Can, sorry, Phil. Go ahead. I hope, I hope you're not going to have to edit this. Uh, there's a few. I got to leave that in. This is, this is live now. Yeah. Let's go. Let's this go. Is, this is live, baby. Uh, we're improvising here. Uh, there's a few theaters in Stockholm that teach uh, improv in English. And also have things like improv jams where anyone's welcome to come in. Uh, there's a theater called Presence, uh, P-R-E-S-E-N-S, Presence Impro is their website, presenceimpro.se, I think. And uh, they have jams and they have some English classes. Uh, Stockholm Impro, uh, the oldest theater in Stockholm, they have some classes in English now. Uh, so people are really trying to reach out to the international community since our school closed. So there is ways to to get to learn the fundamentals and then ultimately perform. I uh, I would definitely you know recommend even if you think you're hilarious and you're amazing and talented, I would definitely re recommend taking a very beginner class and learning the fundamentals uh, and then getting up on stage. And trust me, no matter how funny you are, you're going to suck. Uh, there's going to be lots of sucking and lots of failing, but that's the fun part. And that's how you get good. So... <laughs> 
let, let us break the fourth wall here because you are already halfway through it, right? If you're listening to this, do you think, yeah, I could do that? Listen to the man, right? The man Josh knows. He's seen you come and go. He's seen everybody before you. But it really is, as Josh says, when you get in there and you do it and you stand up there mm. and people laugh for the first time, it is addictive and it is. It's a tremendously fun art form. The reason I'm yes. so interested in it is because I, I don't think I even knew what it was when I first went to see it in Dublin. And it's one of the longest running improv nights pretty much anywhere now, you know, uh, at the Dublin Comedy Improv. And they're just, they're brilliant. I think it's on Sundays these days. Um, how does it feel? Do people refer to you now as Sweden's godfather of improv? Do you get the props you deserve for bringing this art form here? I did bring it here. It was here already. So I don't know. I'm not claiming I brought improv here. It was alive and well. It's a very small community. Uh, but there was no improv in English here uh, before I got here. So, uh, but no, no one refers to me as the godfather. Uh, no one kisses the ring. But uh, maybe I should I should go for that, Phil. I'll just bring the hand and, you know. That's it. I, I will, from here on in, I will be referring to you as the godfather of improv in Sweden. What else are you doing at the moment, Josh? Been a long you know, time I'm just going to claim that. I'm going to claim that, Phil. I didn't start it, but but yes, I did. Nice headshot, big letters. That, that's It's a website on its own, right? So we will get that sorted out, you know? And um, what else, what other kind of work are you doing at the moment? Because as I said, you're a very experienced actor and a very sought after actor as well. Are you, are you very busy at the moment now, post-COVID? Wow, thank you for that. Uh, that's I very much appreciate that. You know, Phil, um, I am doing I, I shot a pilot this summer uh, for a show that was lots of fun. I have no idea if it will we'll ever get made, uh, but it was a blast. But to be honest with you, the last few years, I've kind of been focusing on my I have a business that brings the fundamentals of improv and acting uh, to the corporate world. And for the last many years, I've been speaking at events, I've been facilitating workshops, I've been coaching, and I got so hooked on that because I love to work with people and I love to pass on this work. Um, I'm, this is the work that's really, like improv especially, uh, is the work that's really helped me get over a lot of my fears of failure, uh, my fear of really putting myself out there in the world in a genuine and authentic way. And I love to pass this work on. So I've gotten hooked on that. But recently, since I filmed that pilot this summer, I was like, ooh, I want to do more acting. I really miss it. So I'm going to start putting myself out there more. I mean, I do, you know, improv on stage a lot. Um, I will be, you know, at the Liffey almost every week performing. Uh, but I haven't done a lot of TV and things like that recently. But my plan is to is to really get that going again in some way. Mm. Uh, so if there's anything that comes up, Phil, I will definitely let you know. And I appreciate you saying those nice things about me. That really makes me feel more encouraged to get back. It's, it's always been a fantastic experience to work with you. And if we may, I may some night bring down the microphone to the Liffey, some night when you're appearing down there. We'll do a couple of little bits of recordings and maybe talk to the, some of the people about how they got into it and that kind of thing. I found it interesting what you were saying there about working in the corporate world, because oftentimes they're looking for something that's perfect, whereas what you really need is just something that's good enough and let's keep going and that kind of thing. So there are conversations I think that a lot of teachers might need to have and a lot of business owners might need to have as well we are starting is it this wednesday night at 7 p.m it's starting in the cellar bar in the liffey is that correct yeah wednesday 7 p.m wednesday the, uh the 20th of september and then every wednesday after 
Uh, I will be performing this uh, my sh or my show with Katerina that we call Lemonade, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's really it's based on the expression "When life gives you lemons, make lemonade," uh, and it's a very personal show that that will be playing this Wednesday. Fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Josh Lenn, thank you so much for coming on the podcast for the first, but very much not the last time. Thank you, Phil. It's great to talk to you again and see you. It's been too long. See you right there. There you go. That was indeed Josh Len there. And lads, I'm uh, under pressure here because it's getting late on a Sunday evening. So there won't be any fancy clips going in there. There will be a little clip of the Mary Wallopers now to finish off the show this evening. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit under pressure. Now, I can't wait to go in and see that uh, the, the improv show that's going to be on in the Liffey starting from the 20th of September. So I'm going to keep in touch with Josh and we'll try to bring a flavour of that in English as we go along. I won't be able to make it this week because I'll be travelling down to Gothenburg that night. Uh, which I'm really looking forward to as well and I'll be bumping into some of you and I'll be filling the dictaphone with a few years of stories from down there as well that I'll be able to bring you in the coming week and of course we have our new ambassador coming up as well uh, hopefully she'll have a chat with us on the podcast as we go along so that is about it for this week listen as I was mentioning earlier on right supporting the podcast patreon.com forward slash airman Stockholm and all that kind of thing that's all great and good right but do me a favor if you're working on a building site above in Yavla or Investoros or whatever, and you know that there's a bunch of new lads after starting or just after coming over as part of a new batch of boys who've been uh, rotated in or rotated out, right? Tell them the podcast exists, right? Tell them to get in touch with me. Tell them if they have a story, I want to hear it. Uh, yeah, like, you know, just the more people that know that the podcast exists and the more that you share it and the more joy we get out of it together, uh, the better it's going to be and the easier it is for me to keep putting endless amounts of hours into doing these things. So I'd really appreciate it if you throw it up in your Instagram stories uh, the girls from the, the Stockholm Girls Camogie team are absolutely brilliant for doing it and by reciprocation lads and ladies I continue to spread the gospel of the Stockholm Girls Camogues so when I was bouncing forward and back there with the lads from the Mary Wallopers for some reason we were talking about Bar Brooklyn and where the venue was that they were playing in Stockholm and it is only a stone's throw from a park there called Tanto London right and she isn't Tanto London one of the places where Michelle Cotton and her great Stockholm Camogues were getting together uh, to have a puck around during the summer. So there's all these people sitting on the lawn there and kids on the swings and everything else like that and people having their bag-in-the-box wine and looking out over the water and that kind of thing and a bunch of bleeding mad young ones swinging the timber there left, right and centre. They're going to be going to their next tournament now soon enough. But as I say, when I was talking to Charles there from the Mary Wallopers, I happened to mention this to him. And sure enough, as the gig is going on last night, I think they were about to do a brilliant song of theirs called The Blarney Stone. And they decided that they were going to give the Stockholm Gales Camogues a little bit of a shout out. So to finish off this week's Irish and Sweden podcast, which looks a whole lot different from what it did in the middle of last week when I sat, when I, uh, sat down to sort of put the whole thing together. Uh, let's have a listen to one of the songs from the Mary Wallopers and their very successful Stockholm debut. And as I say, we probably bring them to you hopefully in the near future to talk about that but for now we will sign off with that uh, enjoy as ourselves take care of yourselves take care of one another and i'll be back with you again probably with a story from gothenburg this time next week good luck <laughs> but anyway this is a song about our famous stone the very stone and we'd like to dedicate it to the stockholm gales come up come over the team